Canada has, of course, long been the target of hate-motivated crimes. As the rabbi and I were discussing today, anti-Semitism is the oldest form of hatred. And sadly, there are far too many examples still to point to points of attacks against Jewish people, upon their synagogues, and upon their community centers. That's we the sound of Canada's public safety minister, Bill Blair, during a media event at the Chabad Lubavitch Center in Markham, Ontario, this summer. Blair was there in July to announce the latest round of federal government money $8 million worth that Ottawa's making available to pay for security upgrade projects at community buildings like the synagogue and other places that Ottawa considers at risk from hate crimes. The government funding is known as SIP, SIP stands for Security Infrastructure Program, and it's supposed to help faith groups pay to fortify doors, install cameras, add better lighting, and lots of other things, including training security. This fall, security experts who work for the Jewish community have more than just COVID safety protocols on their minds. As synagogues across the country reopen to welcome in-person worshippers for the high holidays, Jewish schools have reopened and so have some gyms and pools in the JCCs. And all this after months of anti-Semitic incidents happening across Canada, including vandalism at synagogues and harassment of visibly Jewish people on the street. So, what is keeping Jewish security teams up at night these days? And how safe is it to be inside a Jewish building in Canada right now? Could we have another Poway shooting or a Tree of Life mass shooting in Pittsburgh here? Because I think there's no time during our lifetimes, unfortunately, when we won't need uh, a security um, presence and have to have knowledge of security uh, in order to make our communities feel safer. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair's announcement in July was noteworthy because it came on the same day, July 21st, that Justin Trudeau's government was holding the day-long National Emergency Summit on anti-Semitism, which we've covered on this show. And that day, the Prime Minister promised to spend more to keep Jews safe. And he also referenced how a security guard in place at Montreal's biggest synagogue, the Shah HaShemayim, was able to catch a man who spray-painted swastikas on the building in January, and they stopped him before the suspect could do any more harm because when police apprehended the man, they found a red plastic can of gasoline at the scene. In Vancouver, the Jewish community is now in the midst of a multi-million dollar rebuilding campaign for the community center. In August, Bill Blair paid a site visit there to see where and how the government money was being spent to upgrade security. One of the men on his tour was Bernard Pinsky. Pinsky heads up the Security Advisory Committee for Vancouver's Jewish Federation. He recently won an award for this work from the Vancouver Police. Coming up, we'll chat with Pinsky about how he's tried to make Vancouver's Jewish infrastructure as safe as it can be and why he's worried about a new threat from cybersecurity attacks. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Rena Zevi in Toronto, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Ottawa's Jewish community held a memorial ceremony Tuesday for the 80th anniversary of the Babi Yar mass murders in Ukraine during the Holocaust. The ceremony was held at Canada's National Holocaust Monument near Parliament Hill. 
During the Second World War, at the end of September 1941, Nazi death squads rounded up and executed over 33,000 Ukrainian Jews in a ravine north of Kiev. The place is called Babi Yar. The shootings went on for two days and has been called the Holocaust of Bullets. The organizers of the ceremony, Lawrence Greenspan and Joel Diener, said they felt they needed to do something to make better use of the National Holocaust Monument because it hasn't been used that much since it opened four years ago this month. For the past six years, under the watch of Bernard Pinsky, who heads Vancouver's Jewish Federation's Community Safety Committee, they've hired a full-time security director, they've instituted and practiced lockdowns and evacuation procedures in all Jewish day schools and synagogues and community facilities, they liaise the police, and they've trained 150 community volunteers in security basics. Bernard Pinsky joins me now from Vancouver. Let's take a step back before we get into what's happening now. And could you just walk us through the timeline of how security became important uh, several years ago to the Vancouver Jewish community and how you got started in it? Sure. So let me start by giving you a disclaimer. And I'm not a security expert by any stretch. The Jewish community in Vancouver had a five-year plan that they brought out in 2015, which covered things that they felt are necessary for the Jewish community to move forward. And, um, and, and, and part of it was security for the Jewish community because um, anti-Semitism was increasing somewhat at, um, before that time. It wasn't as comfortable as it had been before. Um, there was concerns that every time Israel gets into a conflict that anti-Semitism flares up. So um, it was it was flagged as something that we ought to take a leadership role in in federation. And uh, Shelley Rifkin, who is uh, our, our our vice um, executive director of federation and really handles a lot of aspects of of community relations, um, asked several you know well. Uh, well-known people who who did have security expertise to to attend and people who were interested and so we started this committee um, with zero a blank sh- a blank sheet and we created a mandate for ourselves and governance and determination of how things should work and what we should do and we really uh, we really knew that we had to make the Jewish community in Greater Vancouver and in British Columbia feel more secure about going to uh, to synagogues and to day schools and to the Jewish community centers because we wanted to be prepared when something happened. For example, you may remember about 10 or 12 years ago, somebody walked into the Federation office in Seattle and started shooting people and someone was killed. Anyway, we, we, we felt that those kinds of things ought not, you know, we have to prevent them from happening. So we, we had an Israeli company come and do a very thorough assessment of the building. And we got a report, which made it very clear that, that it was not a safe place. And we spoke to the Jewish community center. And of course, they wanted, I mean, and, and understandably, so they want it to be open and welcoming. And yet, it needed many things to be done in order to to be really secure and 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 at that time security was less of an issue uh in terms of the minds of 
set, the mindset of the Jewish community here. You know, we're Vancouver, we're at the end of the world, no, one, no one's going to do anything here. Um, of course, that's not true. So would you be able to give a dollar figure on over the last few years, how much money from SIP grants has helped uh, beef up security? Um, I don't have that at, at the tip of my fingers, but I, I would say that we've had great success with SIP grants um, and that, for example, in the last round, uh, Daniel, uh, our director of security, helped 15 organizations apply uh, for, for funds and 14 of them were successful. Um, so certainly it's well over a million dollars, I think, that has come to the Vancouver community. You know, this this Yantif, this holiday season, what um, what impact does uh, the kind of hybrid lockdown have on being able to control security for people who do go into synagogue or Jewish schools uh, this fall? Maybe it's even better because not only do we have security guards, for example, at the synagogue Beth Israel that I go to, uh, we had some several security guards at every entrance, etc. We also had people taking everyone's names <laughs> and asking whether you've had vaccines. Unfortunately, it's very expensive to have all that, but but it is additional security if you've got more sort of employees if they have some training as to what to do in an emergency, how to de-escalate situations, what to look for, suspicious pack. I mean, I w- I attended some of these training courses myself. I mean, there was one on suspicious packages. Which, which was put on by the Vancouver Police Department. De-escalation of, of, of situations, because sometimes it's not, it's not a shooter. It's, it's just somebody who's perhaps mentally ill or, or some other issue. So um, yeah, there's, there's lots of different training aspects. But I do want to talk about um, the uh, school issue. Um, when you guys are trying to secure King David, for example, or some of the Jewish schools in Vancouver. The director of security works very closely with the schools and trains the teachers and trains others to be vigilant and how to handle situations. And they also, I think, have put in security measures such as buzzing indoors and other and cameras and, and other things that make it very clear to uh, anyone who might want to cause harm that it, they're going to be caught very quickly. Um, and, and there's probably a specific, there, there may be a panic button. Um, I know that there's one at the JCC and it goes directly to the Vancouver Police Department. There might be one that that sets off an alarm. Okay, so, you know, with the rise and spike in anti-Semitic incidents, both online and around the world since the hostilities in May with Israel and Hamas, um, Canadian Jews have been feeling very unsafe. So how how do you, uh, in Vancouver, prevent things like graffiti or vandalism? Yeah. First of all, I don't think you can prevent someone from doing something like that uh, graffiti, and and of course I don't think we can even prevent somebody with a car from mo you know running down people in the street as we've learned you know a few months ago from in London Ontario uh, with regard to the form the Muslim family. Um, I think what you can do is document it, uh, make sure that we have someone who is keeping records and assisting the police with. Um, perhaps localizing where things like that might happen and and being able to uh, perhaps assist them with um, 
finding out who it might be that's doing this in case there's a pattern set, um, keeping it at the top of mind of police. So I think that's all you can do about something like graffiti. Um, it's unfortunate. I think I think it's something we're going to live with, and I think all you can do is is hope to give the Jewish community a more secure feeling on the on the basis that um, they know that we're doing all we can to help prevent those things. What is the major that keeps you up at night? Well, I, I am from a physical security point of view. Yes, it's it's kind of lone wolf or or and, and we say they're the lone wolves, but they're. But they're really, they're people who are egged on by the internet hate. And unfortunately, internet hate is creating lots of people who felt isolated and they didn't feel they could, they could do anything before. But now they're so pushed by all the hatred online that, that they, are, they feel emboldened. They feel they're going to have lots of support if they do something horrible to a, to a racialized community like the Jews, like the Muslims, like blacks, like others. I'm also very worried about uh, uh, cybersecurity. I, I am worried that that people, that organizations could be shut down, and and or if they're not shut down, that very important personal information about um, members of the community, about donors, about what who they are and what they do and where they live, all those kinds of things. I think are are not understood to be as great a threat as they are. And I'm I'm worried that something, you know, bigger than what happened even in Edmonton uh, might happen to another Jewish organization. So I so I would recommend all organizations to to get proper advice about securing your systems. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. If you want a listener shout-out, let me know that you've joined the CJN Circle. Your membership helps pay for the important Jewish journalism that we are doing. So drop me a note at ebesner at thecjn.ca. That's Besner with two S's. And we'll close the episode with a clip from the rabbi at the Chabad Lubavitch Center of Markham, Rabbi Abraham Plotkin. Now, the center was told they'll be receiving $40,000 to build a proper fence, but the money hasn't come in yet in time for the high holidays or for the start of school. So in the meantime, the rabbi has rented a metal chain link fence to protect the front entrance. We're here to tell you that you couldn't have picked a better spot than Chabad Lubavitch and Markham to, to make this roll out, and especially this place right here. And you won't believe that here in, a, in the peaceful Markham, um, we had, right where you're standing here right now, we had a few years ago, a, uh, a swastika painted on this driveway right here, uh, and uh, this was just a cup a number of, a couple of years ago. We had a swastika painted here. Could you imagine? We have Holocaust survivors that come to our synagogue, that walk in here on a regular basis, and when they came in the morning, the morning services, and they saw that swastika, could you imagine what kind of memories that brought back to them? And this is why we need to have safety.